It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by ANZ Home Loans for financial well-beings. And welcome back to another episode of the Real Estate Breakfast, available of course every morning on iHeartRadio, Spotify and Apple, and wherever you get your podcast from, it is a Monday morning, June the 5th, and today, believe it or not, it is our 531st episode, so we have decided to to look back a little bit from the year that has been with some of the interviews from our real estate commentators which are coming up and we're going to start off this morning with Carlos Cacho who back in February of this year I was asking him about how many more of these rate rises he thought were coming and when the rates might peak. Yeah, we, we heard from the RBA twice last week with the both statement and then their, their meeting and, and they clearly signal that they need to do more to fight inflation, basically. Inflation's higher than they want it, wages are higher than they want it, and there's more hikes coming. We're expecting we get at least another three, so we're thinking we're going to get 25 basis points in March, April and May. There is probably some upside risk to that if we don't see the slowing in inflation that the RBA wants to see, and that would see rates stabilise around 4% which would probably see the average mortgage rate up with a, with a six in front of it. So a pretty big, uh, steep change from the twos we were seeing um, this time last year. And the property market is expected to face a significant downturn in 2023 with the possibility of house prices dropping by 25%. So can you elaborate a little bit on some of those numbers according to Jarden? Yeah, so so last week following that that shift in the RBA, we, we have cut our forecast for house prices. So we're expecting from the peak of last year, we could see a 20 to 25% fall. The real key driver of that is is those those increase in interest rates. A a four percent cash rate is going to reduce how much uh, borrowers can can borrow from the bank by over thirty five percent, and that just means they're not going to be able to pay the same prices that they were willing and able to pay in twenty twenty one and twenty twenty two. And so we do expect that's going to flow through to property markets um, around the country further this year, and, and see prices uh, remain on a downward trend um, for most of twenty twenty three. And that was Carlos Cacho from earlier this year. And coming up, we will dive back to earlier comments from last year as we celebrate our 531st episode of the Real Estate Breakfast this morning. Remember to follow us on any of the podcast platforms so you never miss a real estate podcast. You can follow us on Apple, Spotify and Amazon. We're on all of them. Know your pro- Property with us. And I see it was on this day, June the 5th, that the brother of former US President John F. Kennedy, Robert F. Kennedy, was assassinated. It happened back in 1968. The attacker, a 24-year-old Palestinian who at the time was disgruntled by Kennedy's support for Israel. And on a brighter note, if you're celebrating your birthday today, for the 5th of June. Happy birthday to you. You're sharing your birthday with Mark Wahlberg, the American actor who is turning 51. 
It's the main Centre forecast. And around the country, let's check on your weather on this Monday morning. First to Sydney, expecting a cloudy old Monday with 19 degrees as your forecast high. Pretty much the same in Melbourne, although you might get a little bit of sunshine with 19. In Brisbane, expecting some showers today with 22 as your forecast high. And in Perth, also expecting some rain and 18 degrees. Keep updated with the latest real estate news, economist predictions, property sales, or what's trending right now. Know your property with us on The Real Estate Podcast. And we are back celebrating our 531st episode this morning. And this time we go back to November of last year and to the television show The Block. And we spoke to Ashley McKee and Natalie Fagan at the time from Bell Property about the fact that just because it's a well-known show, that doesn't guarantee success with a sale price at auction time. What we found actually was that the majority of people that inquired actually said that they don't watch the show or they might have seen something on social media and that sort of inspired them to give us a phone call and obviously then that led into you know qualifying buyers and taking them out there if they were truly interested. A lot of those buyers don't want to be on television. So the buyers that we did have coming through said that they were obviously looking to employ some of the buyer's advocates. It's interesting because you create these relationships, but they then they just sort of a little bit more hesitant about reaching out, I think, to be honest. And how important do you think it is the position of the auction itself? Because if you look at house number one that won the competition, it was in number one position and number two, which was you guys and you sold, was number two. Yeah, look, there's always a strategy around an auction, obviously, and especially when it comes to the block, when you've got five similar yet unique properties being marketed on, you know, literally one after the other. So there is a certain amount of strategy there, but also what we found this year that the buyer pool was much, much smaller than what it has been on previous block seasons. And our auctioneer that we use, David Wood, obviously has done the block 12 times. So nobody knew that better than he did. Really, when you've got a very large regional property it's quite a different buyer pool and then obviously the market has shifted but you know what happened at at house five was amazing and obviously you know you just need two people to fall in love with it but it was interesting because obviously Danny Wallace ended up purchasing house five then purchased ours and then also purchased house two so out of the three houses that sold he purchased all three which was just amazing. Well, yeah, it it was amazing. And if you take Danny out of the equation, things become a little bit more tricky. So you really do need a few more of those Danny Wallaces in the room. Look, it wouldn't hurt, I'm not going to lie, but really it's, I think it's about finding, you know, the buyers that could fall in love with it. And what we did find is that, you know, people that did fall in love with it, who wanted to purchase it, the banks, and we're hearing this across the board, are really getting slammed at the moment with people trying to lock in loans at the lower interest rate. So it's taking a lot longer. 
Yeah, so another thing that I found interesting was Danny Wallace. He got into a bit of a two-way with the younger bidder and then he asked him, are you sure you've got the money? And that drove the price up hundreds of thousands of dollars. Yes, yes, it did. Yes, it was uh, definitely entertaining and is exactly what you look for on a reality show like The Block. And today is our 531st episode of the Real Estate Breakfast. And staying in November of last year, we spoke to Matt Hasem about the Sydney real estate market, including the current rental returns and yields, which were both strong and unrelenting. Yeah, indeed. Look, that's one of the big things that we've seen. And, and obviously, we, you know, most rentals across the globe were smashed after the COVID period and there was a lot of rent reliefs and lots of things like that going on. So what we've seen in recent times and probably gathering quite a bit of momentum, which is interesting, isn't it, with interest rates rising, you would expect and, you know, generally the cost of living and everything like that, which we keep hearing about soaring, you'd think people would be like, look, trying to hold back on wanting to lift rents just to keep their tenants in place. But we're actually seeing quite the opposite. We're seeing some of the fastest and most aggressive rental growth that We've seen, and I've been doing this for 26 years in our local market, it's probably the fastest rate of growth I've seen from a rental perspective um, that I've seen in that time period. And as a result of that, yeah, investors are starting to see yields return to some level that maybe 15, you know, a decade to 15 years ago used to be the norm where, you know, it wasn't that long ago. Well, maybe it is, I'm showing my age here, where, where we used to, you know, sell a property for $500,000 and you could almost say, oh, we'll get $500 a week. Those days were long gone and we hadn't seen them for many, many a year. But all of a sudden, we're starting to see things like, you know, you sell a property for a million and you're starting to get $1,100 a week rent. So those yields are starting to improve, which is, um, you know, from an investor's perspective is quite, quite attractive. Yeah, so I guess that's one half of it, having a look at the the rental yields. And the softening market, of course, is the other half of the equation for investors. Big time. And haven't we seen that shift in the last six months as well? Again, probably the most dramatic decline in um, or downward pressure I've seen actually on real estate values. Again, in that, you know, close to 25 plus years of real estate, it's just been so rapid. And, and you have to, you know, kind of understand why you're just seeing such a, a sharp increase in interest rates. And typically, you know, for our investor or buyer around these parts, if they could borrow a million dollars in February, they're down to borrowing capacity down to around 600 thousand, 500,000, even in some cases. So, you know, you're seeing 40, 50% smashed off their borrowing capacity. And that's just naturally flowing through to what people are offering on properties. So again, this is what's starting to bring investors back into the market, particularly for residential, where they're starting to see the yields improve, their buying power and what they could get in terms of bang for buck is improving. So again, the quality of the assets which are now available. So what we're starting to see in this market is real values lifting to the surface. And again, as an investor, it's important to kind of keep your eye on that because some of these markets which you were previously locked out of are all of a sudden opening up again. And also last year we spoke to Tim McGibbon, the Chief Executive of the Real Estate Institute of New South Wales and back last year we asked him how he was feeling about the market in November of 2022. Yeah, I think there's a lot more stability in the market, uh, although obviously we would like to see um, more transactions. There is at least um, some stability in there. 
I think a lot of purchases and for that matter, vendors are making peace with the market. On the flip side of that, there are vendors that obviously are saying to themselves, well, I don't think this is the market to be selling in. And that's why we're seeing a reduction in the number of, of transactions. But the, the transactions are still happening and the, and the clearance rates are, are maintaining around about 60%. That's for auctions, I should say. So, you know, it's not, it's not dead in the water, so to speak. It's, uh, it is chugging along. And I think agents are having to work a lot harder now than they were during the, the time when you were getting 15 or more registered bidders at auctions. Also, in some of the regional areas, which, uh, again, back to my point about taking dictation, some of the regional areas saw people moving out into them to escape the, the virus and, uh, and the additional restrictions within the city area, and that was pushing prices up uh, out there quite sharply as well. I know Byron Bay, I think that went up about 37%, which was just, uh, just off the charts. And we also spoke to Simon Kustenmaha in October of 2022 last year, highlighting the fact that some people had negative equity positions on their property and were being hit with interest rates at the same time, which had a bit of a double blow. It certainly is. And we've seen this before, though, in, in the Western Australian market, uh, where at the height of the mining booms, lots of people purchased very expensive homes and they went into negative equity for probably four or five years, if not longer, which is, is, is psychologically an absolute nightmare. But in the long run, if the market continues to recover and house prices continue to go up, um, then it was just an uncomfortable um, period of time and the property ultimately will still have turned out uh, as a big win. Uh, but that's easy to say with the power of hindsight rather than when you're stuck <laughs> in, the, in the moment. Yeah, and just having a look at the interest rates, of course, this is where internationally, if you look at what is happening in the US and those fixed rates, the the whole mindset is completely different in the US versus Australia. And if Australia had more of the fixed rate mentality rather than the variable rate, things would be much different. Exactly. And that's the problem with the current mortgage holders, that we are in a market where almost all rates are variable or not almost all, most rates are variable. And that then means that you are essentially a victim to those rate changes uh, that might come. We're in a market where you already sign up for 30 years, you sign a rate and it's valid for the next 30 years, as in the US. You're not as much of a victim to the changing circumstances over those three decades. It might all play out, you know, to be the same over the period of a long loan of 30 years. But again, with a fixed term, you don't have those absolute strong pain points as we have at the moment. And that is the way our Monday falls on this fifth day for June for 2023. Have a fantastic day and catch you back tomorrow. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 